17th episode to staying at home podcast my name is simon and i'm very delighted to welcome an absolute expert on the field of staying and working at home luca luca welcome on the show hi simon thank you nice to be here luca you're working at a very very interesting company called smart furniture and i found you guys uh, through your advertisings and since then i've been looking into the products uh, that you guys are selling and that was reason enough for me to reach out to you guys and invite you to this podcast and i would like to uh, give you the platform now to introduce yourself explain who you are where you're from and what are you doing okay let's wait to start i um i'm originally from south africa and um I grew, uh, was born there, grew up there. I uh, studied architecture there after my schooling. And um, about 25, 26 years ago, I decided to see a bit of the world and uh, got uh, landed up in Munich. Um, and like I like to say, you know, sort of got stuck there. Um, and made my way into... Uh, through various jobs into the field of industrial design, uh, where I worked mainly on uh, office furniture. Uh, uh, for many years, worked for a design company in Munich, and we we designed office furniture for for various companies. Um, one of them being Steelcase, which is uh, one of the biggest furniture manufacturers uh, in the world, and that's where. I started um, learning about height adjustable desks, um, which you know, we'll get back to later. Uh, but uh, yeah, after a while, I decided to make, uh, to make myself self-employed. I um, started out on my own originally and then joined up forces with um, Henrietta, who is now one of our partners. There are three of us in Smart Furniture. And Henrietta and I, we worked on a couple of projects together. Um, also, again, mainly in uh, furniture, office furniture, but also in a couple of other sectors. Um, and we, we came across some interesting people uh, who had the idea of starting up an e-commerce company, uh, you know, focusing on furniture. And asked us to be involved. And um, after many years of trying uh, various concepts and uh, various setups, we eventually uh, joined forces with the third partner, that is Europe. Um, and uh, we, three years ago, we founded uh, Smart Furniture. Um, we decided 
we called the firm uh, the company Smart Furniture. Was, that was our goal. We wanted to create intelligent uh, products for uh, for people to use. Um, that was surround, you know, sort of focused more on on furniture. And uh, we started with height adjustable desk because we felt that there was a there was a, a huge need for um, for height adjustable desks in the domestic market in the home area. Um, as I said before, we I, I, I came across height adjustable desks when working for uh, Steel Case, where we actually designed quite a few variants, quite a few. Uh, variants of height adjustable desk we've made multiple products um and height adjustable desk is something that's not exactly new to um office furniture it's something that's been around for a long long time but what we noticed is that the majority of people working at home uh weren't using height adjustable desks um there were various reasons for this uh, one height adjustable desk used to be very expensive um, the other was uh, high adjustable desks were typical office furniture, and not everybody wants to have typical office furniture at home. You know, the, the, the requirements, especially from a visual standpoint, is uh, very, very different. And uh, that was um, that was our first goal, actually, to to create a high adjustable desk that would, would be pleasing enough um, uh, to bring the functionality into the home environment so that people working from home, whether full-time or temporary, could benefit from the added functionality that highly adjustable day brings. As the year 2020 is now uh, finally a month behind us <laughs> and uh, home office became like basically the mainstream thing to do if you're not um, working in an in essential uh, business where you you know have no choice than still uh, you know showing up in physical form <laughs> to your job so to speak um before that how many years of home office experience have you had um before um you know it became the the new normal as as we say um let's see i uh before we started um smart furniture i was uh, self-employed for for nearly 10 years and um you know being self-employed uh, just starting off uh doing mainly freelance design work for other designers uh trying to find my own customers or you know working on projects together with Henrietta um it was just more convenient to work from home uh save myself the the added cost of renting an office um, especially as I was mainly on my own, uh, or on the road going to visit customers or working at other design uh, companies. And so um, it was something that sort of just happened that I uh, realized um, you know, or found the convenience of working at home, as well as discovering the inconveniences of working at home. And it was interesting because I had spent... Uh, about 13, 15 years of working for a, a designer in Munich Center and would um, you know, commute every day into the city to go work. Uh, they, uh, theoretically, we could have worked at home back then. Uh, I had 
a laptop that I used um, as well as a workstation at the office. But it, it, in the design field, um, you know, exchange is such a an important part of the work we do. You know, exchanging with, with with other team members, um, or if you're employed, you know, exchanging with your your team leaders. Um, and uh, so, working in office was was just accepted. It was something we we took was normal for us. Um, we had access to a workshop. We could build models, and you know, there was a lot of convenience of to being stuck in an office. Um, and the only times we got out of the office was to go visit clients. And so it was quite an it was an adjustment. Uh, first, you know, working from home. Um, the, the most difficult part is being disciplined and actually making sure you do your eight hours work every day. Um, and uh, it, uh, amongst the other challenges, was <laughs> creating a structure, you know, forcing yourself to have breaks uh, and not just. Um, I, I had this uh, horrible, I got into a horrible habit of uh, waking up early in the morning uh, because I had lots to do and I would jump straight onto the laptop and uh, start working. And before I knew it, it was lunchtime and I was still in my pajamas on the laptop, and um, uh, which uh, wasn't, you know, I wouldn't say it was the best thing to do. Um, and so learning to deal with these, uh, these hindrances or these challenges, I would say, was uh, a very important part of, of home office. Um, one thing I did notice was um, that the commuting to, to the office in the city center, um, I did a lot with a bicycle. Uh, it was a 20-minute ride into town and, of course, 20-minute ride back out of town in the evenings. And, and that actually, I started to miss that. I, I was stuck at home and I, I realized I was not getting that daily exercise uh, of riding my bicycle. And I... Uh, and it was months later before I started having to force myself to stop work early in the afternoon to maybe go out for a ride for an hour um, or a walk or do some some kind of physical activity because I noticed how it was um, it was hindering uh, my work. Uh, I, I was um, struggling to concentrate. I was struggling to keep going through the whole day and. Um, and I think that's that's when I started to realize, um, you know, what was missing in the home office. Um, what and it was kind of it was it just was so weird that when we were trying to figure out how how to start an e-commerce, a furniture e-commerce company, and in what direction we could go, and what what would be the first product that we would make. Um, and as I said before, we tried various concepts, various, there were various configurations, and we somehow landed up uh, with the idea of a height-adjustable desk. And, um, and just looking at the market, trying to see where, what was missing, um, we realized that uh, this, 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 it all same, somehow came together. The, the situation of people at home, working in home office, would, you know, needed a height-adjustable desk um, just to help with uh, with being more active. And in my personal experience, um, it was funny because we, we, we put together the first prototypes. Uh, we had ordered some samples from various suppliers, and then, and then I had one at home. Uh, 
and I started using it. And it, and it straight away I noticed that it was very convenient to um, just to stand up and work in a standing position, even if it was for 15 or 20 minutes at a time. Um, it did make a big difference um, and it helped a lot in my workflow. I would recommend anybody working at home, I would recommend that they have a height adjustable desk. Um, I think just the difference between sitting all day, um, being combined, combined in a small apartment or you know in at home and not being able to get out uh, it, it, it i think that uh, it does have a big benefit yeah and i absolutely can uh i i saw myself totally in in what you said earlier with like the I don't want to say toxic, let's say bad habits of starting out in a home office, which is, um, you know, not having a proper breakfast, not having a proper start to your day, falling out of bed directly to the laptop, not even considering changing into proper clothes and uh, just working, working, working. Um, it's lunchtime, which means um, you're getting your first coffee and then you jump back to the to the screen and you check the time next time and it's already seven or eight o'clock in the evening that's how my experience has been for most of the time and i realized that um it became harder and harder to stay focused and also um the effectiveness of the work over time uh, suffered you know like home office I think in many ways is uh, romanticized. Um, people, you know, see the perks, but they are maybe a little bit unprepared for the the challenges that um, working in a home office brings as well, which for example is, um, you know, working longer hours and not paying attention to physical exercise, nutrition, um, um, and also, uh, you know, like as you said, uh, sitting for too long, for too many um, hours and, and in once. And in my case, um, I when I started my uh, to work from home for the first time, uh, the, the first thing I did, I went to Ikea and just got, you know, a desk that fit in the uh, in the little space that I had in, in an old apartment, which basically was uh, in a bedroom, which also is not a great working space because um, a bedroom, you know, is not supposed to be an office and an office is not supposed to be in bedroom. And um, that was quite a quite a learning curve uh, for myself to really be self aware from you know, how we are, or how I was setting myself up for not failure, but maybe ineffectiveness in a way. And, um, yeah, looking, looking into ways to optimize, um, to learn and optimize, um, the own home office working experience. I, I don't know if it was episode five or something in, in one of the earlier episodes, um, I had uh, um, investor uh, Stefan on the show and um, he introduced me to the concept of like 
um, setting a strict schedule for daily routines um, down to, um, you know, taking time to relax, decompress before focusing on work again. And, um, you know, that has improved a lot. And I think also a lot of employers are not, you know, really aware that only providing a laptop and maybe a printer or something like that um, might not be the best idea for, um, you know, their staff that is uh, permanently, in my case, um, not only since 2020, but since uh, 2018, when I took the job that I'm in currently, um, yeah, the, only a laptop is not, and a phone and a printer is not really a proper home office setup. And um, which, you know, is nothing I can blame to my company. But I think in, in a way, um, the role of um, desks is or even chairs is, I think, completely um, almost forgotten in the in the uh, home office, um, home office process. And what do you what was your biggest uh, findings from starting with um, desks where you could sit and stand uh, with what was one of the first uh, things you realized that um, are real life improvements to your work and your productivity? Obviously, the, the first is, you know, the, I mean, you have to, you still have to be aware. Uh, it doesn't matter, you know, what tools you have. Uh, and this is, I think, applies for any job. Um, you you still have to be aware of what uh, you know of just of the situation. Um, a you know an artist can have the best tools, um, but not implement them properly, uh, and and still not and, and still not have uh, satisfactory results. Um, I and I, I think this is you know with just because I have a high adjustable desk doesn't mean. It's going to change my life. I I, I still have to uh, use it. I still have to you know make sure that I spend a certain amount of time in the day um, standing up. The, the um, it's like with almost anything that requires a certain amount of routine. Uh, and I think this that's the word is you know routine is what we have when we work in an office. You know just the routine of being in that office every day helps us to just be a bit more structured and a bit more aware of the situation. Um, but we have this over-romanticized notion, you know, everybody says, you know, we're aware we can take our laptop into, into Starbucks and, and do a couple of emails and we're working. Um, and uh, while we're having our coffee and it's, and, and it is, it's all, it's, it's great. I, I mean, I love it. I uh, used to be, I used to have to travel a lot and there was, uh, you know, living in Germany where we have fantastic trains, um, you sit in the train, you open your laptop and you do your work on, on the way to uh, a meeting or to wherever you're going. And, um, and I think the, the, the flexibility that has been given to us through modern technology um, is fantastic and we should, we should not, uh, I think we should still be able to use it. Um, but I think, we need to be more aware of what's important for us um, to fulfill our jobs, but also important us for our our health. You know, um, and this is where again the high adjustable desk. Just because I have one uh, doesn't mean 
um, that I'm going to use it. And uh, we've noticed this in offices. Uh, as I said before, height adjustable desk is nothing new. Uh, I designed my first height adjustable desk uh, in the year 2000. Um, so they've been around for quite a while. And uh, even then, you know, it, there was nothing new. The, the Scandinavians already had height adjustable desks on the market at the time. Uh, and very established uh, companies had uh, high adjustable desks. And um, we noticed, though, that you know, now, 20 years later, a lot of companies have you know, invested in high adjustable desks, have them in most of their departments, but the people aren't using them. You go into a, 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 into a company, um, you know, especially bigger companies, and you go into a department, you know, one of their... Uh, sections and you'll see high adjustable desks and you'll probably notice that maybe two people out of 30 are standing. Um, this is, but it's changing. I think that, uh, you know, uh, people are becoming more aware and this is being helped also now in this, uh, the fact that people are working in home office. I think generally we're becoming more aware. Um, you know, we, the, the fact that we all have smartphones now and most people have some kind of a fitness app. Um, you know, we, I think we, we're part of a society and a generation that, uh, or multiple of generations that um, are through technology are more aware of things, you know, like how much we, how much time we spend moving, how much time we spend sitting. And so I think this is, this is, that's why there's sort of a rebirth now of this height adjustable it's not just because of the home office uh, requirements. Uh, I think that people are, more, are suddenly more aware and saying, oh, okay, now I know why I need a height adjustable desk. And um, the benefits are, you know, like anything with any routine in the beginning, very hard to, you know, you've got to force yourself to stand up. But when you start feeling, you, you'll feel a difference. And it's funny because the, you're, the, more you, the more you spend standing up in your work, Day, the more you'll notice how longer sitting periods become uncomfortable, actually. Um, you'll realize, you'll feel the fatigue that comes with sitting too long. And um, I think, you know, it's, it's like with any sport uh, or fitness routine, you, you have to start at first, and the start is always tough. But once you get into it, it uh, you, you see the benefits and... Um, and then you you start to actually enjoy it, um, it's like going to the gym. Um, a lot of people have have a uh, membership in the gym but never go. Um, and uh, but I think once you start going regularly, you'll you, you see the benefits and start to enjoy it a lot more. Uh, the, the same principle applies to high adjustable desks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember I. Um I, before this job, I was working in a, a large-scale office and they had um, height-adjustable desks there. And one thing that we did um, is, for instance, uh, when we were making phone calls, um, um, you know, pitching the product, um, the service to a new company, uh, we all were instructed to stand up while making phone calls. Why? Because your energy is just um, a little bit uh, more there. It's it's uh, more lively when you 
stand and talk versus um, um, versus um, when you're sitting down. It's the same for for people that sing that they say you know you have more power when you sing while standing versus uh, singing uh, while being seated. So what what I would like to know is how do you structure your your day? Do you have like certain things in your calendar that you remind yourself in in doing or um, how do you like set blockers in your calendar for like let's say riding your bike or going for a walk or stuff like that um i'm i'm actually to be honest i'm a, i'm a very non-structured person um which probably would mean that i would i think uh, benefit more from structure than anybody else but um i um I, I, I'm a I'm a list person. I I, I start my week with uh, think you know trying to figure out what it is that I've got to do this week, and I write my lists, and then I I go every day I go through my lists, and I, I plan my lists according to what I'd like to do on that day or the next day. Um, and of course, whatever I don't achieve on my list gets pushed into the next day. You know that that's kind of my process of how I work. Um, I I used to have um, you know, when I was, especially when I was still sort of um, self-employed and working for myself, I did try to dedicate certain days, um, you know, for, uh, you know, two days a week for, for cycling, you know, getting up, doing a break. Um, having started, um, you know, now that I'm, I'm involved in smart furniture together with, as I said, Jürgen Henrietta, um, you know, it's a, Smart furniture is a startup, um, and uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's a totally new challenge. And I find it um, at, at the moment, especially now with Corona and the the, the extremely increased demand that has uh, that has come for supplying furniture for for home offices, um, it just uh, any sense of routine seems to have just been thrown out the window. And it's all, I feel almost like I'm in survival yeah. at the moment um, because there's just so much work to do. Um, and, you know, not just uh, trying to keep, you know, the, keep the, the, um, the stock flowing, making sure we have enough product, uh, so, you know, so that we can deliver. We deliver, um, you know, typical, you know, for an online shop, we try to deliver within two to five days, which is which is a, a big challenge for you know, oh, absolutely, furniture. Yeah. And uh, um, and we, you know, we also manufacture parts of the uh, of the product ourselves. Um, so there there are a lot of challenges to to be uh, dealt with at the moment because of the uh, what's happened with Corona and this incredible demand for for home office at the moment. Um, and at the same time, we're we're also trying to structure ourselves to figure out where where the future is. You know, what we want to bring out new products. We want to make improvements to our high dustable desk, um, and um, just uh, the beginning of this month, we 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 launched uh, some new accessories for the desk, and uh, um, they're doing really well. And you know, the, these are the things that we we realize we need a lot more of. Um, and so it's the it, yeah, it's very challenging at the moment to find free time um, to to bring in you know sort of the the structures. Also, 
don't forget uh, here at the moment it's become very difficult i i normally go skiing in winter which is not possible this year um i think time-wise wouldn't be possible either <laughs> but um you know uh the, the lockdowns have made it has made everything very challenging and so and i i, I do notice i notice how i'm missing um the extra sport and uh, at some point yeah one has to come back into into structured routine um as much as you know i need to be flexible um and uh, at the moment i i i almost actually hardly do any i do i i do home office early in the mornings i have my um you know i in the mornings, I have my, my calls with my partners. Um, I deal with my communication, my emails, uh, whatever I need to do. And then uh, at some point during the, the morning, I then go through to our product development office um, where I, I'm basically on my feet the whole day because we're, we're working on new prototypes and new, new product ideas and uh, other issues with the, that we have with our product. Um, and then uh, come home in the evenings, and usually uh, there's another um, you know, session of home office uh, here uh, at night. Um, so I think I'm in a situation where it's not very typical. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are, are being forced to stay at home most of the time or all of the time. And I've actually almost experienced the opposite. I've, I've become somehow more mobile uh, because of the demands uh the work demands and um so i i but i i can i admit uh this as soon as any sort of structure goes missing um it it, uh, it becomes more difficult and one one has to keep forcing oneself to to have certain structures i don't think the whole day needs to be structured i think it's good to have sort of like creative flexible time um, where one can sort of improvise and 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 that's always I, I do customer support as well and so I have to if a customer needs help I need to make time for that customer um, because that that suddenly becomes a priority and so flexibility is very very important um, and but still not losing the structure of being able to achieve certain things every day mm -hmm. certain goals so that's it yeah I think. Um it is all about the balance, you know, finding a healthy way in the middle for being structured and also flexible. Um, it's the same same thing with uh, the glorification of being busy. Um, um, you know, I see this in the in the uh, business space um, or even in the private space uh, very very often, and people um, <laughs> take. Is, um, and I don't mean this too serious, but I take a lot of pride in being extremely busy. And uh, for me, um, that is also a one sign. Um, and I know this mostly from myself, from managing my day the wrong way. Um, but I would like to sp um, go back to um, your product, uh, the Elliott uh, Smart Desk. What makes a good smart or a good uh, height adjustable desk? Is every desk the same or are there from a 
product design perspective, big differences in um, what impacts the the effectiveness and also the quality of the product? I think it's it's always a matter of uh, perspective and uh, and also yeah and and and, and distance. Uh, you know, if I if I skim over a, a selection of desks. Um, it's very easy to say, oh, they, they all look the same. Um, and, you know, in, in principle, a desk is a work surface that is held up by, you know, four or two legs. Um, and um, what, what the, the, the elements that make a difference are, um, one, I would say there are three elements. Um, one is... Yeah. Uh, is the is the functionality you know what 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 features do i have from this what can i do with the desk um you know there take for example cable management you know nowadays in the old days uh, you had a desk and you would write on it and so uh, you would most desks would then have had drawers you know uh, underneath to to store paper and pens and there would have been a a leather inlay maybe so that writing uh, on the desk would be more comfortable. Um, today we, we work with laptops and computers. Um, so we, we, you know, one of the first things that you, you require from a desk today is, is decent cable management. And so functionality is, is one way in which the desks can differ. Um, the next is is of course the the stability. You know the the, the well, let's say the quality. You know the build quality. Um, you you can buy uh, desks. You know a working desk for anywhere between uh, I think a hundred say let's say one hundred twenty one hundred fifty euros up to uh, three or four thousand euros. Um, and uh, Usually, the differentiation is is um, in many cases design and and material and build quality, um, and uh, you know it, it makes a difference whether I'm. Uh, uh, you can differentiate in designs. Okay, we have we have a an IKEA desk with a a you know a very standard chipboard top um, uh, without even melamine. It's, you know they have like a paper finish to it. Um, on a, just a simple steel leg uh, to something from a high-end company where you have a handmade, custom-made, uh, you know, what's that, uh, oak wood, you know, massive oak wood top with uh, um, heavy steel legs and uh, just the craftsmanship and the and the in the the handmade quality is you know, so that uh, alone. The manufacturing cost for a desk like that is is around two thousand euros, um, and so it's uh, it's understandable that it that it is sold for three or four thousand euros. Um, the a lot of it, the difference is the design, obviously the, the material quality, the, the look of the desk, the, the um, which can also be regarded as perceived quality. But in many cases, you know, especially a handmade product. Tends to also be uh, from you know structurally uh, very uh, high quality um, uh, compared to sort of a high production product, which can where the the 
yeah, the whole process is optimized into saving costs. And so uh, this is, you know, where the differences come. And so, so the one is the functionality, the other is design, and the third is, is, is the build quality. Um, and we, we've tried to, I think, do what most companies do is try to find um, a good compromise. Um, uh, I mentioned IKEA earlier. Uh, IKEA is so successful because IKEA manages to find a very good compromise in those three elements, and yet they offer good design, you know, reasonable uh, build quality with um, and a very affordable price. And that's um, I, I, I'm a big fan of IKEA. I think you know, IKEA. Um, I know some people look down on IKEA and think that you know, it's terrible, but IKEA has IKEA is one of those companies that globally has made design acceptable and, and accessible to the majority of the people. You know, uh, often design is seen as sort of as an uh, how can I say it, an exclusive sort of thing for people with money. You know, oh, the designer furniture must come from Italy. And it must be handmade, and uh, and IKEA has shown us that um, that we can buy design furniture which has which has been ma- manufactured in masses, um, and uh, I think a lot of it has to do, obviously, with the Scandinavian um, attitude towards design. It's, the Scandinavians have a very specific design style, um, and um, you know, they have a strong heritage. Uh, you know, we have uh, great designers like Alvaro, um, great architects. And I think that Scandinavia has a fantastic design heritage, which they've brought into their culture and embraced. And and now we see it come into the products that they make for the rest of the world. Um, and uh, um, when you look in Pinterest and you look in Social, other social media channels, um, the so-called Scandi style or Scandinavian style is still one of the most popular ways of decorating or, or designing your home environment. And um, and, a, and a lot of this, uh, I mean, IKEA has um, contributed, I think, to this in, in a very, very big way. Um, and one, I'd say, in the biggest way was being being... You know, making it accessible for the masses. Um, I don't think design should be an exclusive thing. Um, I think design, uh, I think we all have uh, the right, uh, or we all have appreciation of design. Um, um, so, and this is where, in our case, with our Elliot disk, we... Um, yeah, we've um, we learned we've learned quite a bit from from what uh, Scandinavian design is about. You know, the, the sort of s- simplistic, um, you know, not which is very in line with, of, of course, what the Germans do. You know, the, the German mentality of less is more. Um, but you know, we we if you look at our Elliot, you know, with the with the the logo and the side bracket, you know, which is a bold statement. Um, that would not say that is exactly uh, minimalistic, um, but we we've we've tried to create a. Um, I think 
you know, again, that sort of Scandinavian influence. We've tried to create a, a character product, you know, something that differentiates itself from others, not just in the design, but also in the functionality. We, we've put a lot of effort um, into the cable management. Um, and we, uh, our cable management is, is very successful. Every single desk we sell, uh, you know, 99% is sold um, with, a, with a form of cable management, whether it's our light cable management or our professional cable management. Um, we are also one of the only companies uh, in the internet uh, that sells a cable tray with included with the um, the, the you know the adapter and the and the extension cord, um, so that you know when somebody buys our product that they can actually install it and start using it straight away, and they don't need to go into their cellar or go to the to the hardware store to find an extension cable so that they can use our cable tray. Um, I, I know that there are bigger companies that that offer that, but we're, we're talking about companies, um, you know, that's, that don't normally sell direct to the, to the public. You know, we, we're talking about the larger office furniture manufacturers, um, and they do have solutions, but those are, are always options. You, you do not have it standard. You choose, you know, uh, whether you want the cable, uh, the extension cord and, and um, adapter plugs, uh, in the tray or not, and ours is standard in the tray. And it, just because we, you know, again, the functionality, who, who needs, people want a cable tray, they, they want something that they can plug their, their, uh, their uh, equipment into. You know? um, we need a plug for, for, the, for the motor on the, on the uh, height adjustable system, so that needs to be plugged in first. And then we have uh, other plugs for, for other systems, and with our pro cable tray, we can, you know, a, a customer can order, I mentioned earlier, we have new accessories and extension and can plug in, you know, has eight sockets available um, under the desk and with a new accessory on top of the desk, there's another two sockets and USB plugs on top. So we've, we've put a lot of thought into the functionality um, and try to achieve the level of functionality we feel is necessary, uh, and we've somehow managed to differentiate ourselves from the other desks in the market just on that level. Um, Design-wise, we've definitely we, we, we put a lot of effort into trying to find something different. Um, we, we, at the time when we started con the concepts for Elliot, most uh, we were looking at the you know what was on the market available from standard suppliers, and most companies were were bringing out square tubed um, desks, uh, high, um, which is typical for office furniture, rectangular or square tube, um, and we just felt that was just wasn't um, suitable you know, for uh, optically for a home office environment. We wanted something that. It was how we say maybe a little bit more feminine, and so we chose the the round tubing. Of course, this is a compromise. A round tube is not as stable as a rectangular or square tube. But you know, we we managed to construct our round tube in a way that uh, is stable enough, and we we 
we have probably one of the most stable uh, systems with a round tube that there is on the market. And um, uh, of course, there are going to be people who come and they want, they're going to say it's not stable enough. They want something heavier. And, you know, but then those are people who want a heavier desk that looks, you know, that doesn't, they don't want the benefits of a lighter, uh, elegant look. Um, they're, 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 the functionality of stability is the priority for them. And so, and as I said before, it's all about finding the right compromise between the various elements of functionality, design, and stability. And, um, and so we, we have... Um, we, we, we have that and we're still working. We, we are currently trying to find a way to, to improve the Elliot. We're, we, on our, uh, we are planning a, a, the Elliot, so-called Elliot uh, 2.0, um, you know, where we want to improve the stability. We, you know, so our product development is working on a lot of features, um, a lot of you know, uh, ways to try and improve Elliot as it is. But... Um, uh, I think I think we found a good compromise because, because I said before we 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 wanted to target the the home market. We wanted to have a desk that was had really good functionality, was stable enough, and yet had this had a design that was pleasing enough for people to say, "Hey, that I can have that. I would like to have at home. That I want in my home office." And then uh, I, I, you know, I think that we, we, our customers, the people who choose our disc, now it's a, not a mass product, but the people who choose our disc are, are choosing it because of those reasons. They, we so often hear, oh, I've looked, I've been looking at the market for so long um, and all the discs are terrible, you know, but I really like yours. You know, and, and uh, this is a comment that, comes a lot through our communication, whether it's with, uh, through the chatbots or through emails uh, or via telephone calls. Um, and so I think we we feel like we have achieved what we wanted to achieve. Um, and now we're looking forward to how we can improve what we still would like to improve. Yeah, I think um, great design is... Um in, in the uh, first episode that it, I did with a product designer with uh, Erik Ulbricht, um, you know, um, we spoke about how design is not only optics, but uh, basically great design is when the functionality um, translates into the visual representation in a very, very pleasing way. I don't know if that's summarized really great. But um, for example, the issue of cable management, um, I think is totally, um, not paid enough attention to, um, for, for instance, my scenario is if I'm not <laughs> recording in my living room, like right now, because I'm, uh, right now watching the, uh, 24 hour, uh, Daytona race and I have all my screens and computers, uh, connected together so I can see what's going on with all of the cars. Uh, I have my stuff in my office and I have two active, uh, studio reference monitors. Um, I, I, Yesterday, in preparation of um, this episode, I counted how many power adapters I have, and I'm around 12 power sockets that are connected to 
um, to my desk and um, the IKEA table that I have. And at the time, I just basically went with almost the cheapest one that I could get um, because I didn't really you know, spend much thought for it. And it's absolutely difficult also to you know, adapt to the situation. For instance, um, what um, I like about Elliot is that you can get power sockets on top of the desk for laptop use or uh, peripherals that are not always um, always there at the desk or um, USB ports, which my computer clearly has uh, not enough because for the cameras, for the microphones, for whatever hardware I/O I need, and great cable management can make one's life um, so not only aesthetically very pleasing but also uh, functional. For instance, I had to um, taking my my ultra wide screen from the office to the living room. I I had to like do so many steps to get the cable out of there and um, it was so difficult to get it in nicely um, that you know just to have the option for great cable management um, every power socket every um, ac adapter is different some have uh, a standard plug and then a power brick somewhere else which needs to find its space and some adapters uh, like let's say I don't know, maybe MacBooks. Um, they have directly at the power socket all of the electrics, and that needs to go to places. So um, being able to do great cable management um, also helps not only aesthetically having a clean space, but also in a scenario of a laptop, which I need to take to my business meetings when I go on, on business trips, but also I need to have a good um set up at home like to just to have these two power sockets on top of the desk not being forced to have any cables hanging or um you know like having to open the main uh cable tray so to speak um is is a, a fantastic um you know way in, in dealing with the flexibility that you need for um for staying productive and also being able to um, adjust to new hardware, to new, um, you know, stuff that ends up uh, po populating and crowding, uh, crowding the desk. Um, but for you guys, you are a relatively new company. You um, probably uh, founded your business at the perfect timing for what you do. Uh, three years is um you know in, in business years it's 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 no time um how did you guys go about starting an e-commerce business and why didn't you for instance uh focus on getting into retail um like physical retail um sales channels actually by chance uh like i said i i i i've known henrietta um for for you know, um, for quite a few years, we used to work together in, in a design company in Munich. Um, we've supported each other in the time where we were both uh, self-employed and we worked together on many projects. And um, it, the whole thing started out actually as a project for a potential customer um, where we did uh, design work um, 
for somebody who wanted to, was considering starting a e-commerce company needed um, designs to uh, to create a, a, a pitch deck, you know, to to to, to present to cust- uh, to potential investors, and um, and that it sort of started from there. And like I said before, it went through um, various you know channel uh, various configurations. There were there, there were always different people coming in and coming out. And uh, the, the only real constant at the end of the day was was actually uh, Henrietta, myself. Um, and um, But everything else changed. Uh, the, 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 the ideas, the original concepts of what, what products needed to be on the market. Uh, at, you know, we, when we first started, the idea was, you know, typical sort of, the idea of e-commerce online uh, to have a big configurator and then to have a huge selection of different uh, desktops and different legs and the, the giving the customer uh, so many options and they could pick and choose and configurate their own personal desk, so to speak. And that, that's how it started. Um, and the... the with, with different configurations, we had various workshops. We um, we researched the market a bit, and, and we sort of, in the end, um, through time and error, came up with the idea that we needed a, a height adjustable desk. Um, and uh, uh, one thing that was parallel to all of this was the idea of creating maybe smart furniture. We were trying to figure out how to bring technology and furniture together into a product. And, um, and of course, technology requires power, uh, you know, and, and a height adjustable desk also requires power. And, and it sort of came, became sort of the logical thing to do to, to start off with a height adjustable desk that I needed to plug into the wall. And then I had a power supply to for whatever intelligent equipment that I would want to integrate into the desk. Um, and there was a yeah, you know, there were incredible amounts of ideas. And we and and it's it actually took us three years virtually to start. Actually, I don't know, it was three years. Um, took us a long time just to get started um, because of all the various options and uh, potential ideas we had. Uh, um, and I think in the beginning we were trying. I think you know we were trying to solve everything, and so we had products that were were fantastic concepts, but they were they were way too complicated from a point of view that they would have required a, a long development time, a lot of investment, you know, capital investment, and lots of resources, which is something we as a startup didn't have we had hoped we would find the right funding and be able to do it and so we we kept breaking down the ideas until we got to the basic essence of it which was the height adjustable desk and um and then we thought okay so we'll start with the essence and then build from there and uh that's where um that's where well it wasn't Elliot we the the, the, the desk was originally called Henry <laughs> And um, we we then met. That's when we at the time when we met Jörg, um, because we were still interested in this idea of bringing 
you know, furniture and, and technology together. Uh, and Henriette and I are the, the furniture designers and, and Jörg is, Jörg is the our IT tech, tech expert. You know, he, he, he brings in that element. And so we, um, the three of us uh, were the, the last ones left standing, which was maybe a, a good thing. You know, you, a lot of people want to jump on board and a lot of people jump off again. And, uh, and at the end of the day, it was after three years, the three of us were left standing and we had a product concept and we said, okay, um, now let's start. And the first thing we did was actually we changed the name of the product. We, we were, uh, somebody had told us, oh no, Henry is already protected as far as furniture is concerned. And so we, and, uh, and that was an interesting process. You know, it, it just, it shows how customized we become to a certain concept or idea. We, we associated ourselves so strong with Henry. Uh, we, we presented Henry um, at the Bits and Pretzels in 2017 here in Munich at a, you know, Bits and Pretzels, a, a startup. And, yeah. and, uh, and there was a lot of interest. And we, when, that's when we knew, okay, we have something that's good. And uh, we, and everybody thought, thought the name was so cool. And we struggled to come up with a new name. And we had a huge list. We tried out everything. And we, um, and we really, really struggled. And in the end, we decided to, to use Elliot. Um, and uh, there were multiple reasons why Elliot, but we, we just felt it was good. And when we look back now, we can't imagine another name other than Elliot, you know? And uh, it, I mean, going back three years, we couldn't imagine another name than Henry. And uh, this is the interesting thing about um, any process, the, the creative process, you know, to sometimes be able to stand back and honestly look for the alternatives as hard as it is. And um, and the same experience happened to us as far as starting the company. You know, you have a vision in your head and you say, it must be this, it must be this. And we, we so often had to stand back and strip it down and, and find the essence of what we were trying to do and start with that. And of course, in the end, we, we actually started as a self funded uh, startup and, and so we, we realized we had to start with the, the like I said the very essence of the idea was the most simple um, product and just get it out there and and um, put as much into that product as possible as far as design and functionality was concerned and, and uh, um, so the three of us started we we, we founded our GmbH in the beginning of exactly three years ago uh, uh, in January 2018 we, we uh, just celebrated our three-year anniversary uh, fortunately in a very small round because you know, you can't go to a restaurant or anything <laughs> at the moment a little bit depressing but it was still it was it was it was nice um, and um, and we, we had, I mean, it was tough in the beginning. We struggled for two years. Was, uh, we, we, we brought in partners that were supposed to help us that, you know, that especially on the e-commerce side, because none of us had that experience. We were in the three, two industrial designers and a tech specialist. Um, 
and we we had very little experience in, in e-commerce. Um, now, uh, thankfully, Henrietta had uh, developed you know skills as far as creating websites. Uh, she you know uh, over the years, and so she took upon herself to to develop our website and do our shop and. Um, we then took on a partner to help us, but that totally didn't work. Cost us eight months in the end, and we had to then still do everything ourselves. Um, so we had a, we had big delays, but I, I think it was good because we had we also had issues with the product. Uh, the, the, the packaging for the desktops uh, wasn't, um, you know, had been designed to be sent with expedition and then we were sending it with package uh coming out express packaging companies like tnt and dpd and uh and the packaging wasn't sufficient for that kind of um uh torture i should say no i mean it, it's unbelievable how some of the packages come back uh, you know you think i mean it's not easy to to throw a 24 kilogram uh desktop you know, around, but they were obviously doing that, um, and uh, so we we had to increase. We we, we had a hold on production for two months just so that we could sort out the whole packaging concept. And um, so, in a way, we were kind of maybe lucky that it started slow, um, and we were able to iron out a lot of issues. And, uh, and it was it was obvious for the nerves. It was terrible, and yeah, we. <laughs> when you, when you're self-funded, you uh, <laughs> every every single day uh, counts. And um, but uh, we managed to we managed to stick to our guns, and uh, we believed in the product. Um, and the feedback we were getting from the people who did buy our product was that it, the product was is good. Um, um, and we were definitely achieving, like I said earlier, we were achieving what we wanted to achieve, which was a good compromise between design, functionality, and quality, and in every and all for a reasonable price. We're not the cheapest, but we're also we're way cheaper than a lot of the premium brands that have similar design and quality to what we have. Um, you know, we, we, I think we try to orientate ourselves more upwards and downwards. And this, this is one of the processes we had to go through um, was, you know, as a designer, you, you always want the best from your product. You, you, want, you want to use the best materials, you want to use you know, create the, the most beautiful shape. You want to have the most pleasing product. And um, and so, of course, it's, you know, the, 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 the dream for the design is always to work for, for a company that makes expensive product because then you think, you know, you have uh, more room to play with. Um, but uh, I think we've managed to to do that for still everything, achieve everything for a reasonable price. And in the beginning, you when we first started developing our e-commerce experience, we were um, we, we realized we had a lot to learn because we, the, the first thing one one experiences with e-commerce is everybody says it must be cheaper. We need to be cheaper than the competition. People online uh, can compare your product 
with other products in a very short period of time. I mean, if I Google height adjustable desks, I straight away see, you know, a whole page of results from different suppliers, different manufacturers. And so straight away, I have the ability to compare multiple products. And, um, and so e-commerce is definitely a price sensitive, uh, you know, uh, situation um, because the the customer sees the product only in a certain way. And, and to come back to your question about you know e-commerce compared to you know normal retail, um, we got into e-commerce like I said just by chance. It was just how the whole thing started out, and we just, we just went with the flow. And we it was just there. Okay, we're going to start an e-commerce company, um, but. We just started, I mean, we hadn't even formed the GmbH and people were already approaching us and saying, you know, we would love to sell this product as well. And so we were confronted from the very beginning with retailers, um, you know, who, and so we, we were, we, and then we, we had a, it was very, very tough because um, we had a price problem. Um, you know, if we, the original idea was pure e-commerce, the best price for the end for the consumer, you know? because we cut out all the red tape. We only sell direct to the consumer, and, so, and that was the original idea. But as soon as you start working with retail, uh, you need to be able to you know have a certain kind of um, you know the retail retailer also needs to earn some kind of money, and so. Uh, we were we were sort of stuck in between: do we use retail or not, or do we stick purely to e-commerce? And um, I think I think retail is important. Um, there are you know there are other markets. You know there, there's there's certain customers. It's all about knowing you know that will want to buy the product online. But Germany Germany is still very traditional in the sense of how they buy furniture. They still want to go to a store and feel it. They want to try it. You know, they yeah. want to, uh, they, they want, they, I think Germans are also very um, quality conscious. You know, they want to know, you know, you know, they don't mind spending more money. I mean, in Germany, people buy very, very cheap products and they buy very, very expensive products. And I think, for them to decide whether it's worth the price, they like to have a feeling of it, and, and, uh, and so we we've always tried to keep ourselves open to retail so that we could place our product in the market um, and let people feel it, let people experience the product. But we were never in a situation where we could set up our own. Um, Retail network. I mean, that, that, that for a for a startup is is almost impossible. Um, and so, of course, most startups concentrate purely on e-commerce. Uh, and this is also why you know the the pricing in e-commerce is very very competitive. And if you if you go into the you know if you look orientate further down uh, you know to desks that are slightly cheaper, there are there are a dime a dozen um, because. You know, they're only selling um, e-commerce and they, they only have a certain amount of uh, overhead and can achieve a certain price. And we, we felt it was necessary to, 
keep ourselves distance from them. We wanted a better quality product. We want to give. We want to make sure the customer has a better quality product, and we want to be able to achieve that the product can be can be seen, you know, in retail as well. So it, it, it's tough. I mean, most people would have uh, would have advised us not to do that, but we we've decided to go with it. Um. But our priority at the moment definitely is is e-commerce. I mean, just because of the situation that has happened, uh, most most dealers have their showrooms closed at the moment. Actually, everybody's closed at the moment. Um, the majority of them had a very, very tough time at the beginning. Exactly a year ago, they were also closed. So, um, you know, so everything now is full concentration of e- on e-commerce. But... Um, I think for for the growth uh, of the company, uh, I think that retail will still play an important role in the in the future. Um, you know, even even if it means maybe making products extra for the retail market that are not for the e-commerce market. You know, just so that so we can achieve the giving the consumer the best the best quality for money. Um, and giving the retailer uh, the best product that they can work with, and, and I think it's also because there's, uh, we see two different markets. We see a, you know, a home market, like now the home office, which is very clear e-commerce, and I think we see in the future we will see people wanting to create. Now there will always be people wanting to have small offices that are that work well, and, and for us there's a there's an opportunity to develop in that direction. And so, and I think that um, that will definitely be a retail, um, you know, solution, uh, but not in, not in, yeah, um, especially working with with um, with the planners. You know, working with planners. I think somebody who who wants to um, somebody who wants to design who wants to stock a new office uh, or redo their office where they have thirty or fifty workers, you know, workspaces. Um, they're not exactly going to go onto the internet and start looking for a desk. Yeah. You know, they're going to organize a planner, and the planner traditionally works with retail. And so. If we want to get into that market, that is something that we, we need to look into and it's where we need to you know, see some kind of expansion. Maybe not right now, but definitely in the next uh, year, uh, within the next year. Thank you so much for this uh, wonderful in-depth perspective on, on the journey of you, your company and the product. Uh, I think one of the uh, things that stuck with me the most in the past hour um is that um first off you guys are self-funded so you know you you had the um privilege to you know take things at their own speed which kind of gave you the advantage of um getting the product out there when you guys were ready for it even down to packaging logistics and everything um you know thinking about it um as someone that uh, just as a hobby likes to to look into startups uh, startup culture and um, um, all of these things 
um, one of the main focuses sometimes are scale as fast, as big as you can, and then fix the product later. You know, the classic case of uh, what is known as banana wear, that the product gets ready when it's already with the customer, which maybe with software is... Um, is something maybe a little bit more easy than with physical products. I mean, we see this with um, um, maybe Tesla, right? The, they started with a great idea and uh, still in the manufacturing department, uh, talking about uh, panel gaps and build quality, there is still so much they need to learn, <laughs> um, which I think they are aware of. But um, um, getting a product ready and also getting the infrastructure ready to distribute um, in a way that the customer has a great experience, I think is one, maybe one of the key factors why I see that you guys uh, made the right decisions at the right time. Um, do you think you would be able to um, manage the increased demand to COVID lockdowns and then this massive wave of home office uh, if you haven't figured out, um, you know, the uh, in, in German, you would say Kinderkrankheiten, you know, the, the early stage uh, challenges you had to overcome or do you think, you know, it wouldn't impact you as much uh, scaling that fast uh, with uh, we're still at the same time having to deal with these uh, product development uh, challenges. Um, I, it's it's hard to say. I, mean, I think that uh, you know we we are say, we have a strong resolve, and uh, uh, I think if we've um, been hit with this COVID situation right in the beginning. Um, you know, who knows, uh, maybe we would have survived somehow. We would have, you know, somehow you always find a solution. But if, to be really, really honest, I think, I don't think we would have survived it. Um, it wasn't, I don't think it was, it was not just the, um, you know, the issues with the product. Uh, it was, um, it was also, you know, obviously the fact that we, we were self-funded, we, we, didn't have the financial stability that we needed for to um, to meet the demands. I mean, we were we were lucky that we, when exactly a year ago, when everything started happening, we had just started to find some kind of stability that we had a sound footing. And yet, it still took us. I mean, you know, the, the biggest issue is having stock. It takes us. Quite a few months to get new stock onto our uh, onto our shelves, onto into our warehouse, and we we had we just thought, okay, you know, we um, uh, we we got ourselves some, we had some financial stability, and that's when we decided to bring in the second color because we have the original just only in white, and we thought, okay, we got a bit of playroom, and we ordered. You know, uh, half uh, we, half the order we made was then for for black colored frames because uh, we wanted to bring a little bit of diversity into it. And funny enough, it was at exactly the wrong moment because it was that's when uh, last March suddenly there was this you know huge increase in demand, and uh, instead of having the, the amount of stock we had, we only had half because we had ordered you know, half of it in black and, and, and the black hadn't yet been sort of 
brought into the market and most people didn't know about and they were ordering the white. And we were suddenly in a situation where we were way behind um, and it didn't matter how fast we were ordering new stock. We couldn't keep up and we were in a terrible situation. We, we were, we would, um, you know, have to, customers would have to wait up to four weeks for a for the product. And uh, I I know in the off in the furniture business, you know, four to five weeks delivery time is actually not unusual. But in e-commerce, which we we were trying to do, that is that is a long time. And so we were we were really we. we we were not satisfied with the situation. We we came through okay, um, you know, and we realized actually people really want the product. We're willing to wait for it, um, but that the the just the logistics of trying to finance new stocks to keep up with the demand was was huge. Um, uh, I mean, we were always on the edge of our capacities. Even though we were selling a lot, every every penny we were earning was being forced back into trying to buy new stock, um, so that we did, we could just meet with the future the demands. We we saw the growth rates, and uh, and and even all our projections were never were nowhere near where it was really going. Um, we uh, and we are in a situation where we are now selling. Uh, five to six times more than we did exactly a year ago. Um, and so I think if that had happened in our very first year, I, we would have really struggled because we didn't, we didn't have that financial base to support the growth. Um, and so we were lucky that, you know, we were, we were very fortunate, I must say. We, um, we were lucky that it came. You know, I, I don't like saying we were lucky because, to be honest, you know, the fact that we have COVID and so many people around the world are struggling because of it, and there's so many people who can't work, I, uh, it makes me feel terrible. Um, you know, because I, I understand, you know, it's, you know, but on the other hand, we, we, we're pleased that we can help people who now are forced to work at home, you know, with a good product that is for a good price. Uh, and helps people uh, work effectively at home. So on that side, you know, there, there's a there's a positive element to it. But in the back of my mind, there's always the, the you know the the suffering that comes with with you know times like this. Um, and uh, I I think that um, yeah, I think we were we were very very fortunate that it uh, that it didn't happen. <laughs> Uh, in our first year, I think I think it might have been disastrous. You know, the timing, we were very fortunate that the timing happened the way it did, and uh, um, and but it's still it's still a challenge. We still, you know, we we want to expand uh, into we want to create new um, uh, accessories for the desk. We we're planning with, you know, we've actually been planning for a year now to try bring in. Uh, more desktop options, you know. So we have at the moment just the white and the black desktop, uh, but we want to we want to do things with linoleum or with uh, with uh, um, plywood, uh, you know, and also maybe a, a, an oak top, um, you know, oak uh, veneer, and uh, uh, and that's been maybe the downside because we've been so incredibly busy. 
we've had to sort of postpone some of those new uh, products. Um, and uh, um, the, 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 that extension that we were talking about earlier for the plugs on top of the desk and the, and the, the making, being able to extend the, the cable tray you know, so that bigger uh, adapters for our older Apple products can fit. We've, we've had that in the pipeline also for about a year and, and only have managed to introduce it into the market uh, now. Uh, so that, that's been the downside of being so busy. Um, so certain things have had to wait, but uh, we're not complaining. Um, I think you guys are doing a um, fantastic job. Um, um, I really can recommend to anyone that's listening to this, uh, check out smartfurniture.de. Uh, take a look at Elliot so <laughs> you understand more what we are talking about. And also um, check out the covers. Um, um, last but not least, I just want want to uh, give give one little uh, comment uh, to these, which you know, looking into uh, smart desks or standing slash sitting desks uh, for my, for my home office and, and, and our new home. Um, this you know, just be able to um, put some patterns, some colors, uh, a certain look on the legs and the desk uh, design panels on the side itself. Uh, just make it so much more homey looking. Um, <laughs> when my wife and I were looking at the website, we totally fell in love with the black uh, Japanese arches, um, which you know, to to basically say it is like stickers more or less that you could put um, on the side and just give it a more personalized individualized look and um, that just shows to me you know how you guys think about the product and how aware you are of your target audience and um, Luca thank you so much for taking almost an hour and a half uh, now um, to to you know share your experiences and your knowledge um, about not only you know smart furniture but also about how to start a company you know what to look out for and all of these things um i for sure had a had a um, amazing time even if i sound a little bit tired because i got like three hours of sleep due to <laughs> motorsport event that i've been watching for the last uh, 12 to 14 hours um but i had an absolute fantastic time and it was a absolute privilege to have you on the show and uh, yeah, I hope um, um, you guys uh, still uh, continue to um, crush it in what you do. And I wish you all the best. And um, yeah, do you have famous last words for the audience? Do you have anything you want to plug or put out there that I can uh, link in the uh, comments uh, to the to the podcast? I. Uh, I had a thought in your last question. Um, you were talking about, you know, obviously the, the how some companies try to go too fast, and you know how we managed. I think we were lucky, you know, in that somehow things have worked well. A lot of things we would have liked to have made faster. I was I was given a book by someone just just before we started, actually, just before we started the company, um, called the Lean Startup, and. Um, you know, and they, 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 they talk a lot about the process of, of uh, how starting, you know, instead of overdeveloping and overthinking stuff, rather start 
quickly and learn you know in the process and 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 understand this is something that's very applicable obviously to to software uh because you know the 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 attitude is um don't you know don't spend too much time over developing the software get the software out there and then you can and start learning from the users so that you can start improving it you know and and rather sort out all the issues with updates and um which i think is a great attitude at first when i thought i thought oh you know this doesn't apply to furniture at all because you know you you design a product um and you have a lot of investment costs you've got a tooling and whatever you know and so you, by the time you're ready to bring the product to the market it's almost impossible to then still change it and i and i found that i i've since that reading a book and and from what i know now i I see the challenge, and I think this is something that I think anybody who wants to start a startup which involves a physical product. I think this, the challenge is to still try and keep that attitude, to find a way, you know, uh, to do it. I mean, obviously, nowadays with, with rapid prototyping uh, processes, you know, like 3D printing, that is one thing. And I don't know, I mean, you're, we've used, implemented that in, in our accessories. We have some parts are 3D printed, which means we can start on a very small scale um, and see how well the product comes on. And then, and then also the advantage, we had the same issue with our uh, cable management, with the advantage of having manufactured it ourselves. We, we were able to make updates very quickly to the product and learn from what customers were giving us back. And I think that is one of the challenges for um, not only furniture manufacturers, but I think also for any any manufacturer of a physical product, you know, uh, uh, consumer product um, that is not software, uh, to be able to bring together sort of typical manufacturing process, product development design, um, with this attitude of the lean startup. Um, and that's something we're still learning and still trying to figure out. And that's how we would like to still try to figure out, you know, not just for a startup attitude, but also how can product development benefit from this sort of process? Um, yeah, that's uh, something I missed on the last question. To answer. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. And since we're already uh pitching books or um, in, in my case audio books I want to throw one more thing in for the audience which is um, uh, called Remote by Jason Freit and uh, David Heinemeyer Hansen which is basically um, uh, a, a book that uh, talks about uh, how to handle and how to approach uh, remote work uh, and the perks and challenges of it. I just wanted to put it in there. Uh, the link uh, of both books that uh, Luca and I picked um, will be found in the comment section. Just click on it. Uh, it's not an affiliate link or anything. Um, it's just a um, kind recommendation for, for stuff. And um, yeah, Luca, thank you so much. Uh, it is uh, Sunday. Did, did, did you mention the sitting is... Uh... Is the new smoking order of Deutsch Sitzenes das Neue Open by Kelly Starrett? I definitely will. Put that in your comments as well. That's also uh, you know for for the whole uh, you know sit standing experience and it's a great book. He gives like 
examples of exercises you can do on your desk. Um, Definitely recommended. Awesome. I, I definitely will uh, put this also in the description. And um, since it's Sunday and we spent 90 minutes talking each other, I will uh, let you go and say uh, once again, thank you so, for, so much for being on Staying at Home. And uh, I wish you, uh, Henriette, and all, all the people that work with you uh, all the best in, in your journey. And I for sure will watch you uh, with a great of, amount of interest um, how um, you, you develop and, and grow. And um, I hope to talk to you guys uh, very, very soon. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Simon. Uh, been fantastic experience.